All right, please turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Pretty familiar passage, but I think one that has been um, misunderstood, misapplied, um, sometimes maybe over-spiritualized. I've talked uh, talked with Melissa about this in preparation for the message and said usually this was one of the go-to passages that youth group leaders would go to when sharing with the youth group, you know, talks about presenting your bodies as living sacrifices, so make sure, you know, make sure you stay pure, or it might be used in a message in reference to giving your life for missions. Um, but what I wanted to look at especially is, is God's, you know, Paul's use of one word in here that I think can sometimes be overlooked. Um, so let's read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, because um, I, I think there's, there's a lot here that, that we could use in a very practical and helpful way. Um, so let's read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The main word I wanted to look at here, I mean, we're going to look overall at the passage some, but the the main word is focusing in on the word body, um, the idea of offering or presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. And what's the significance of that? You know, why, why didn't Paul say, offer your souls, offer your spirits as living sacrifices? Why did he say, offer your bodies as living sacrifices? You know, what's the, <clears throat> what's the significance of that? Well, I think, you know, part of the reason why, and I heard uh, once a number of years ago, Paul Washer gave a message on the, the fact that he uses the word body kind of helps prevent us from overly spiritualizing this. You, know, you, can, you can talk to many professing Christians. They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving God everything. But it, as far as how that practically works out in their life, um, it's kind of vague. You know, they, they give much more of their time to other things than the things of God. So in what way is your body a living sacrifice to God? Um, I think there's some very practical things here because our, our bodies are still in this fallen world and we're daily coming in contact with struggles and inconveniences that if we're not walking in a spirit-led manner, uh, we tend to look at those things as being the difficulties and struggles we deal with throughout the day. When in reality, our response to those difficulties and those circumstances, that's the trial, that's the real battle. And if we're not consciously offering up our bodies, we're not going to be in a place where we can fight those spiritual battles the way we should. I um, wanted to also just look at a couple verses that distinguish between you know, the body and the soul. I think it's significant. I don't think it's splitting hairs because it's helpful to know what did Christ accomplish on the cross and, and then what is the relationship of so our bodies and our souls as far as the work of the cross and what is it we're supposed to be doing with that. So um, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 here is kind of the 
practical day-to-day application of the first 11 chapters. Paul's just expounded to his people all the mercies of God in Christ, um, just rich, rich theology and all that Christ has done, God's plan. Um, and, uh, and then he comes to chapter 12, and he wants us to apply all these truths. Um, why is it important to understand this distinction? Um, well, Jesus said in John chapter 17, he wanted his people to be sanctified by the truth. You know, your word is truth. If we don't have a proper understanding of these things, if you're not, you know, if you're not reading through Romans and understanding how these things relate, and I'm not going to go too in-depth because we don't have enough time, um, but if we don't have at least a basic understanding of these things, we're going to be led into error and possibly continual defeat. It's also important because Jesus was a living sacrifice. He offered his body, and we're to follow in his footsteps. It's important because the church is called the body of Christ. I mean, the, the, all the imagery, the symbolism here that goes, um, that's found in the New Testament, there's just constant examples of the importance of this picture. So the body versus the soul. Um, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Paul says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So there's, there's a distinction here. So that we, everyone who's a Christian, there's, there's a new man. There's a new nature inside of you. The old self was crucified. Okay, so... Um, what kind of come, came to mind as I was thinking about this and studying for this is um, Melissa, my wife's uh, older brother, when he was a kind of a rebellious teenager, so he got this tattoo on his arm. He was kind of being rebellious, but also sort of trying to be a Christian at the same time. So he, he got this tattoo of a, like a skull face, and it said, kill the old man. Uh, so, but even even the thought behind that is theologically wrong it's completely wrong you don't like when we're when we're exhorted as christians to kill sin deal with the sin in our lives the 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 new testament never tells us to kill the old man why because our old man was crucified so if you're trying to do something that god's already accomplished you're already on the path of error so it's important to understand that distinction our old self was crucified and then uh go down a few verses here in Romans 6, it says in verse 11, So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So yourselves, your, um, who we are, we should consider ourselves dead to sin. Our old man was crucified. So you're not fighting against that old man. Okay? You, you, it, it, the New Testament uses the terminology of put off, put on. It's like change, the, change of clothing. Like don't don't put on the new the old man. That's not who you are anymore. So put off that. Put on the new man. But it, again, it's on this body, which is still in this fallen world. So the important thing is, is with this new man, we need to still live in this body. How are we to function? You know, that's that's what Paul's getting at here in Romans. So you consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Verse twelve. Let not sin reign or sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. 
do not present your members as to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. You can actually interpret that word instruments as weapons. I just like that better. So if you think of that idea of you're presenting your body as a weapon of righteousness to God, to be used of him. You'll get that, that picture down. My body, I'm presenting it to you, God. You know, um, this verse here, 613, is, a lot, is very similar to Romans 12, 1, where it's this idea of offering your body, but it's not as this, this old dead body can't, you know, God can't do anything with. That's not the right thinking as a Christian. It's no, my body is a weapon of righteousness for God to use if it's fully submitted to him. So enough on the distinction there. I think that's kind of a clear thing. So our old nature is dead with Christ on the cross, but we're still with this new man. We're still in this body of death. And that's where the battle, you know, those fleshly lusts that wage war against our souls. So what does Paul tell us to do? He says, do not be conformed to this world. So just a brief look at the way that this world is led. So how are lost people led? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, if you wanted to turn with me there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, lays out, this is how lost people are led, and this is not how Christians should be led. He actually said, this is where you were, so this is not where you are right now. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So all the passions of the flesh, you were blindly and in a dead state led by those things. Um, It should not be that way for the Christian. Um, Another passage, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Paul says here, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself." There's so much in here um, that I just don't have time to get into. Um, but the main thing from this passage is, you know, a sign of a lost person is their, their God is their belly. Their appetite is another word for that. Um, they set their mind on earthly things. So, you know, that, and again, this is more describing a lost person. It's not describing the Christian. But again, we'll get to some application for us here soon where there's, there's dangers if we start falling back into old habits so 
Um, one of the big contrasts, if we go back to, to Romans, um, you could turn to Romans chapter 8. Um, and I'm not going to read much from chapter 7 here, but there's a, there's a big contrast here between, so, so you have the, the lost person that's a slave to the passions of the flesh, and they're led by their body. Um, in these things, and they they can't really. I mean, they're dead in sin, and they can't not not be led that way. Um, even when a lost person is striving with all their might to obey God, it still ends in failure and walking in the flesh. And that's what you have in Romans chapter seven. Is you know even the most religious, self righteous attempts to obey, um, Paul could not do it because he was still of the flesh sold under sin he could not have victory so who will give me victory Um, who will deliver me from this body of death thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord so I want to pick up here in Romans chapter 8 and look at these verses that are now starting to apply to us so we're not to be conformed to this world we're not we're not still in the flesh we're not still in the flesh anymore um, as as Christians but as Christians, how are we to live to not fall back into old habits? So Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says, therefore, or There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind in the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the, of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God just mainly focusing in on the verses here that talk about the body or being in the flesh. So the Christian is not in the flesh anymore, but you can walk according to the flesh. And that's what we're to not do. Don't walk according to the flesh. And there is a difference between the two. Um, and the difference is, is you have the Spirit of God in you. So you're to put, put off that old man, put on the new man, you know, and be filled with the Spirit, and then put to death, not the old man, but put to death the deeds of the body. So those sins that come up, it's dealing directly with those things and asking for the power of the Spirit to put those things to death. 
a lot of it is where we're setting our minds, setting our affections. You know, Philippians 3 talks about, you know, that, that person whose God is their belly. They, they set their minds on earthly things. What does Colossians 3 tell us to do? So another helpful passage on this. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, just looking at the first five verses here. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And I could, could go on, but the, the main point here is, so when it comes to putting to death sin, and he gives some specific ones here, it doesn't start with you know, putting to death these sins. It starts with you, know, you can't have your mind set on earthly things to, to fight this spiritual battle. You have to set your affection, set your heart, set your mind on where your life really is. Your life is hid with God in Christ. That's where you're seated. And so from this perspective, as a, as a new pe- person in Christ, put to death these things in the power of the Spirit. The lost person is led by their body into the things of the flesh. The Christian is, is to have their bodies led by the Spirit you know, to do works of righteousness, to put to death sin. So there's, there's a lot more we could go into here, um, but this is just this, this thing of our, our bodies. It's, it kind of amazed me as I was you know, meditating on this because it's something I've been thinking about for a few months now. You know, we're, our, our bodies are something that we're you know, constantly in contact with. I mean, we're constantly dealing with, and isn't it amazing? You know, it just amazes me how much, like, I can be having a pretty good day, and then I start to have a bit of a headache, and all of a sudden my temperament changes. You know, it's amazing what just a little thing, you know, a bodily ailment. I mean, that can just knock us out for a long time. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong in particular with the, the but the point is, is we should be really sens- sensitive and knowledgeable of how dependent we are on our bodies, because we still live in this world. And so because of that, it should really drive us to our knees, say, God, help, you know, help me. I, I need to, that's why we need to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. Mm. You know, give ourselves wholly and completely to God or we'll invariably end up just being led along by this world, especially, you know, especially when it comes to more subtle sins, you know, things like convenience and comfort and other things where, you know, they're not as obvious, you know, not as obvious as the, you know, real clear sins. And I don't think most of us here are in danger of falling into the great obvious sins, but we are in danger of just getting a little too comfortable or a little too convenient and, you know, pampering our bodies instead of disciplining them. That's one other passage. I'm going to make sure I'm not going too long here. Um, maybe I'll just refer to it. Um, that's where Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 where he talks about disciplining his body, you know, he's not going to be mastered by it. So he's going to discipline it, lest it have any control over him. So this isn't, you know, again, this is this passage is so often um, kind of coming back to Romans 12, and we'll finish finish here. 
this passage is so often over-spiritualized. Um, just, you know, let go and let God. Just give yourself completely to God, surrender everything, and then let God take over. Well, there's some truth in that, but it, this is a very active thing that we're, we give ourselves wholly to God, give our bodies to him, and then we actively ask for the help of the Spirit and put to death every sin that hinders us from walking as we ought. It's a very active thing. Um, you know, Paul talks about disciplining his body, beating it into submission. He doesn't want to be someone who's boxing, you know, and if we think about our battle with sin, we don't want to be like those who are just not hitting the mark. You know, we want to be ones that are actually effectively putting to death the sin in our hearts, everything that hinders us. And, and we cannot do that if our bodies are not fully offered to God as living sacrifices, if we're holding back anything. So kind of in conclusion here, um, Paul's, you know, it, it's an appeal. So I'm going to read it one more time and then just had a couple, couple things I was going to read before we close in prayer. So he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, in light of all that God has done for us in Christ, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Other translations say your rational, your, your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So just a few other verses. You know, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. Romans 13 talks about making no provision for the flesh. I mean, that's on an individual basis. Some of us struggle with some things over others, but it's, you know, between you and the Lord, abstain from those fleshly lusts that war against the soul, especially the, those areas that, you know, that you know in some way it hinders your fellowship with the Lord. I uh, wanted to read, it's a, it's a familiar prayer of Amy Carmichael's, but maybe some of you have never heard it before. But this is just kind of one of those that I always feel kind of beat up after reading it, but it's, it's an encouragement to press on and to, to give yourself completely to, to the Lord. So Amy Carmichael here, she says, From prayer that asks that I may be sheltered from winds that beat on thee, from fearing when I should aspire, from faltering when I should clam, climb higher, from silken self, O captain free, thy soldier who would follow thee, from subtle love of softening things, from easy choices, weakenings, not thus our spirits fortified, not this way went the crucified, from all that dims thy calvary, O Lamb of God, deliver me. Give me the love that leads the way, the faith that nothing can dismay, the hope that no disappointments tire, the passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sink to be a clod. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Um, I don't want anyone to be discouraged by some of these things. It, it can be easy to hear a lot of these things and then just feel very defeated, um, but that's really, that's not the point of the message, and that, that's not why Paul gives a lot of these, these strong words. Um, the the, the danger would be if you can hear all these things and be just totally, you know, indifferent. That, that's really the danger. Um, if it doesn't matter to you to, to press on to know the Lord, if it really doesn't, 
doesn't bother, bother you if you're not pressing on to know the Lord. Um, that's really more the danger. But if you, you know, Jesus, you know, God knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. And uh, he said to the disciples, you know, he, the spirit is willing many times, but the flesh is weak. And this, again, is all the more reason why it's important that we give ourselves, our bodies completely to the Lord. Because many times, you know, many times we, we limit what we feel like we can do for the Lord by our abilities, you know, what we think we can do. And that's just, I mean, that's an indicator right off the bat that we're walking in the flesh. Because it has nothing to do with what we think we can do. It's what God can do through us if we're fully resigned to him. And this is in what, whatever sphere you're in. This isn't just for going on the mission field. I mean, this is you're waking up in the morning as a mom, and you have to be an example to your kids. So they're, I mean, they're going to drive you crazy. Just expect it. Don't, don't be surprised if they start acting a certain way. Um, but, but respond, you know, how we respond to those things, that's the battle. You know, and that is a very, I mean, that's everything. That's a very important battle. So it's, it's whatever sphere you're in. Are you pressing on to know the Lord? Are you giving up your body as a living sacrifice? Um, so don't be discouraged. Be encouraged that the very God who, who asks of us to do this also said, ask anything in my name and I'll give it to you. Any help that we need to walk this, this spiritual life as we ought. The, the Holy Spirit is there to help. Um, one other thing uh, that I was going to read before closing in prayer. I was thinking about this as well. It seems like it's a very helpful picture of, again, what is it to, to lay down your life, your body, give everything to the Lord. Um, and there's a song that we sing, and I hadn't really thought about all the different mechanics of the song here, but it's the take my life and let it be. Just think about the words of this and just think of it as maybe a, a prayer to the Lord, you know, again, of just consecrating ourselves to him, giving ourselves completely to him to be used in his hands. So Francis Havergal says, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in, ce- in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour, at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks for for all that your Son has done for us. Thank you for his blood that was shed. Thank you that, uh, as we heard in a message a couple weeks ago, just the, the fresh reminder that, uh, that this is not a work that, that we have done. This isn't something that we've pressed on to do. It's you, you have uh, written um, your law on, on tablets of human hearts, that you have, you have done this work in us by your spirit,
And so the work is not dependent on us. Um, all we're called on to do is, is to resign ourselves to you and, and be led by the Spirit um, to abide in Christ. Please help us, Father, to, to walk as we ought. Please uh, point your finger um, on any area of our lives that, that hinders us. You, you know what's best for us, and many times we're hanging on to things that, that hinder us. I pray that we would lay aside every weight, um, the sin that clings so closely to us, and, and that we would press on to know you with, with all of our might. I just give you thanks for your people. I pray that you would bless our time of fellowship, um, and uh, Lord, just that you would be with us today. pray that you would speak to, to us and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.